Yeah, as soon as we re- start recording, I always get this like <laughs> desperation to clear my throat. I know, but you can at any time. Hello, Hello hustlers. hustlers. Welcome to That Freelance Life Podcast, the show where we discuss the how-tos, the ins and outs, and the highs and lows of creative freelance life in London. I'm Harriet Stockwell. And I'm Brittany Beebe. And we're creative freelancers here to guide you. Please note, we do recommend that you try this at home. Welcome back, guys, to the Freelance Life Podcast. Today, we are talking all about your creative ducks and how to get them in a row. Well, basically, it's your portfolio, and that's your biggest selling point. How do you make it, put it together, get it in front of the right people, um, and all the tips on what actually makes you shine out. And what do those people want to see? The people that are actually looking at your portfolio, resource managers, recruiters, design directors, creative directors, what do they actually want to see in a really good portfolio? And this portfolio, I mean, you could be a writer, an art director, even a producer, a designer. You know, you always got to show the kind of work that you have been doing and always obviously say what part of that work you've been doing. So to help us give you a better insight into how to land that gig with your portfolio, we have chatted to Lisa Campana, head of design at Wonderman Thompson in London. She's definitely seen her fair share of portfolios over her more than 25 years of experience in the industry. She's a regular judge on panels for major industry competitions such as DNAD, Webby's, The Drum, Creative Circle, Creative Pool, just to name a few of them. She's passionate about building the leaders of tomorrow and leads through the power of joy. Yes. She was recently named one of the top 30 future female creative leaders by Campaign Magazine and Creative Equals, as well as one of the 200 women redefining the creative industry by the dots. And can I just say, she is one badass chick. We have loved chatting to Lisa Campana. And not only that, but Lisa reviewed my portfolio in a ladies wine design review session. And she not only put me in touch with the resource manager, Wonderman Thompson, who I then got a job through, I then got another friend of mine a job as well as Harriet. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, Our chat with her was so incredibly insightful and also a lot of fun. You're going to hear a lot of laughing. We had such a good time. Oh, and you know what else it includes? A little piece of advice that Harriet got from Stefan Sagmeister himself in the blood and flesh. So do stay tuned because you might want to hear... We hope that this gives you some great tips and you get those gigs rolling in. The wonderful and brilliant Lisa Lisa Campana. Campana. Lisa, it is so great to have you on our podcast. We've been so excited in the run up to this interview with you. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm I'm so like appreciative. Thank you. Oh, such a pleasure. No, Brit couldn't stop thinking talking about like how much she'd learned from you when she first went freelancing. So we were like, oh, we got to get you on. Oh, so, that's uh, brilliant. No, that's but I know it's been lovely actually, Brittany, meeting you and, and then like having you come in. That's been it's been brilliant. So yeah, yeah. So just a backstory. I met Lisa at a ladies' wine design portfolio evening last year in a sort of July time um, and yeah and she put me in touch with the resource manager here at Wonderman Thompson um, I ended up getting a job I ended up getting two other people jobs here me it's, yeah it's, <laughs> which it's is grateful. yeah which is great I mean I, I love doing things like that because I think you know it's really great to get other females in and so I always try to do things like that where I meet other great females and get to see some great work and then you know can like bring people like you lovely ladies in and and do some great work together so I think looking out for everybody is great absolutely 
Um, can you take us through your journey so far as a creative? Where have you been and, and how have you gotten to where you are now? Oh God, yeah. So I have been, I, I think you would probably, I've, I've heard it described recently as a squiggly career. <laughs> like there's never a straight line. It's not been a straight line. Um, yeah, so I, I am obviously American. I started off in New York. Um, I did study graphic design. I studied communication design. Um, oh, where did you study? In um, at Syracuse University, which is a university in upstate. Which oh, is really amazing. tough. I mean, I studied back in the days when you could like smoke inside, and and we had an instructor. One of our lecturers used to like, if he didn't like your work, he would just take out his lighter and burn it. No, <laughs> yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. So we all kind of lived in fear of him. Um, oh but yeah, God. it was really hardcore. I studied in the days before like computer it's literally baptism <laughs> by fire so yeah. everything was done on paper with like rub down type and it was yeah, yeah it makes me sound so old I mean but it was like really crafting stuff yeah yeah um and yeah from there I mean really if, if you live anywhere in New York the place to obviously go after you graduate is New York um so I moved there with two of my friends from uni um we shared a one bedroom apartment flat oh my um, gosh three of us. yeah yeah it was like awesome it was like the time when friends came out on tv and we oh, were like brilliant. who are these people like <laughs> i want to be <laughs> like, yeah how did they get there like <laughs> you know we lived with like cockroaches and mice and um yeah it was tough going but really good um i was just really happy to be in new york I took oh. a really, really, can I swear, shit job. Yes. Oh, we <laughs> love swearing on this podcast. So go for it. I had to be in New York and support myself. So I took a really just any job I got. And oh. I just <laughs> I took a job, um, you know, spent four years at uni straight to um, freelancing for a photographer who was like a fashion photographer. And literally all I did all day was silhouette out images. Oh, no. Oh my God. <laughs> By myself in a room oh God. for like 12 bucks an hour. It was, it was like, but I was just like, I'm in New York. It's yeah. It's great. living my dream. Um, yeah. Um, living on top of people in a one bed flat. But from there, actually, I got a job quite quickly um, at Interbrand, which is like a big branding agency, um, literally starting at the bottom up. But I learned a lot about branding there. Um, and the creative director there left um, after a, about a year and a bit of me working there and took me and another girl with them. So I went from a really big agency to like three of us. Oh, that's <laughs> so cool. That's something that happened to me as well. And yeah, it's really, very really. weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Um, but yeah, so I learned about like kind of starting from, I mean, a business from scary the ground up yeah such good skills though yeah it was good and i mean because there were just three of us we did everything but it was it was mainly packaging and branding as well but um he had really good ties with like coca-cola and disney and so you know formula one so we did some really great marvel comics like we did some really Amazing. great stuff um and then after a few I, I worked there for a few years then i went into weirdly digital when digital was just kind of starting um, and after working in sort of branding and packaging to, you know, the late 1990s in New York, digital was like, everything had a left hand nav and like Microsoft blue links. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, why would anybody do this for a living? I was like, <laughs> I've come up with all these designs. And they'd be like, no, you can't do that. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> like, why would anybody do this? And I don't even know why they invested in me. Because literally every time I presented something, like, you can't do that. So, um, oh, oh no but it was kind of cool because we were making the rules and we did a lot 
of, I mean, we did, I did one of the first e-commerce sites, um, fashion e-commerce sites called Bluefly, which is kind of the precursor to like most of the e-commerce sites you have now. And people at the time were like, nobody's going to buy fashion online. I mean, everybody was literally like, you can't do it. We had to think about everything. Like, how do you, on a dial-up modem, (laughs) get get like, you know, $400 handbags so that nobody returns them. Like, how do you get the quality? So we we had to figure it all out. And it was just Mm. really... Um, I love the problem solving of it. You know, from there, we we went on to do a site called beauty.com, which was one of the first beauty destinations online, um, working with a really amazing makeup artist who's sadly no longer with us called Kevin Kwan. Yeah, I mean, it was was such an adventure. I mean, New York is an adventure. It's an adventure. And it was kind of interesting times. And it was before, like, the first big dot-com bubble burst. So, um, yeah, and, and they, um, when, I, when I was there, they were kind of expanding and they opened a London office. And I was like, hey, do you want to like, go over to London and kind of join the, the London office and be associate creative director there? Um, I think it was about 26, 27 at the time. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> what an incredible um, opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I, think I had about like three weeks to pack up and say goodbye to my friends. And I was really only coming for six months, but it's been 20 years. Oh my God. <laughs> That's always the case. It's like, I'm just going to go for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it is. I can always come home. It's fine. But I got here. Basically, I got here. um, And there were five of us that came over from the New York office. Um, And after about a month, the MD called us. I was like, guys, we've had some complaints. And we were all like, oh, my God, what's wrong? (laughs) He's like, you are working too long. Oh, And I mean, I'd left New York where you where in New York when I was there, you got five days holiday a year. I don't think I ever took it. I worked every weekend. I was oh in the office till three AM every no. every day. And so we came to London and they were like, You need to leave the office at six. And we were like, What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that was the point when I realized I was never, ever going back to New York. <laughs> um, but yeah, so London, London was great. And I worked for that um, company, Channel 4, became one of our clients. Oh, yeah. um, then 9-11 happened. And I remember watching on TV and the agency I worked for was downtown. And like they were standing on the top of their building watching oh, the whole my thing. God. And um, just everything in New York stopped. And the agency just literally went under. Oh, um, no. And... I was here, it was really scary because I was like, oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> but um, Channel 4 were amazing. They kind of took me on and, um, you know, they were, I mean, like if you're going to land on your feet, I have to say, I feel really fortunate because I mean, what a great place to land. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it was at, you know, it was at a really interesting time in, in kind of Channel 4's sort of history. I worked on the new media side but for it was the time when Fort Creative was just starting up and um it was kind of really interesting there was a lot happening on the digital space and um got to work on some really interesting um digital projects in new media I'm probably sense of theme here of trying to figure things out <laughs> yeah absolutely well, I think we all are yeah. right all the time Everyone, they yeah. always say like no one really knows what we're doing we're just kind of like Faking it and figuring it out as we go along. But it's technology. I mean, nobody knows. You just got, I mean, technology reinvents itself. And I think as long as you're kind of, you can go with the flow, you know, you, it's really hard because you can specialize in something and then suddenly it disappears. And then you're like, what do I do? (laughs) I know. Damn. Apparently there's going to be no more telephones, landline telephones anymore. When? Yeah. In like the next few years in in the UK. Yeah. I think they're all going to be like off 
in, yeah, digital, internet, yeah, telephones. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, if you are specializing in fixing <laughs> landline <laughs> telephones. Yeah, I mean, it's really helpful if you kind of have broad skills. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, so I was I was a channel for, for a long time, actually. Um, during that time, I kind of left. I went freelance. I did like yeah. lots of freelance Yay. work. Um, it was the time I got married and had a baby. And everyone's like, why are you going freelance when you're having a baby? <laughs> and it was like, don't you want like security leave and stuff like that but actually it was freelancing I have to say it was great at that time because it allowed me to like I took on a client I could do the work on that client when I wanted around the schedule that fit me um and it was just perfect for me at the time I didn't have to worry about like explaining to anyone why I couldn't like be in the office or um and uh, you know it was I I found it for me at that time it was great and I could kind of make my own hours I could work the schedule I wanted to and it was perfect so I think you know there's there's a lot to say for being able to kind of make your own schedule when you need it and freelance is amazing for that yeah definitely so um yeah and then I kind of you know I've been at startups and um a little bit of a journey you know from there ended up at um, Moo, which was amazing. There's such a talented team there. Um, a big shout out to them. Um, How big was then, Moo when you joined it? Moo's, oh, I joined. Do you know, I can't remember. I think Moo, Moo's grown quite a lot. It, I mean, oh, it's such a great, I think it's done really well. I think recently there was something about being a great place to work. It was a great place to work. Um, you know, and we had such great fun there. We had our own photo studio and some great oh, photographers like and we could just yeah. create and it was great. And the designers were all brilliant. Their emails are great. I get the emails. <laughs> so Moo is a stationary company yeah. and they, they print business cards and but like luxurious business cards. Yeah. They are good. Yeah. Oh. If you're freelance, I know people don't use them anymore. Um, a lot of people are like, you work for a business card company, like people don't use them anymore. But um, we did a hilarious campaign when I was there about like the comedy of not remembering who people were because you yeah. have nothing. You meet you sit in a, you sit next to somebody for an hour at a meeting, exactly, and you can't remember their name at the end of it. <laughs> because it's and so many times you take down their number, and I go through my like phone book sometimes just to like cull numbers yeah. out of, and you look and go, oh, God, who is this? Yeah, and, and you I don't know. <laughs> yeah, God, totally. Um, you know, they do. I think as a designer, it's one of the things you like. I need a business card. Yeah, yeah. So nice. I love a business um, card. But yeah, I was there. I was in New for three years, and then um, when I left there, I was really like, "Oh my god, what do I want to do?" Um, and really looked around, and it was um, actually Wonderman at the time. It was just Wonderman before we merged. Um, they kind of found me, and I was like, "I don't know anything about advertising." <laughs> like, like, I'm not sure you really want me. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I came in and, um, met the team that my, my interview was first with the team and I was like, oh, these guys are great. Like, that's really important to me. Um, and really they were kind of the ones that, that hired me. So, um, yeah, then we, we've, we've merged and I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot in the, the sort of past sort of year and a half I've been here. Um, and it's a great company and I think people probably don't know what we do (laughs) sometimes but um there's a lot happening here it's quite an exciting place to be at the moment it really Um, is it was voted like one of the best places to work on the dots oh really oh great yeah Yeah, great um yeah i mean there's so many fantastic people here and and uh i think the opportunity here is great 
So, yeah. I'm absolutely amazed with how many industries you've worked in. So you've done packaging, done branding. <laughs> you've worked yeah. at Channel 4, which is like media. media. You've done um, stationery. And now you're in advertising. Yeah. Damn, girl. <laughs> Do you have a preference? That's the... Yeah. I just like design. And I really don't think it matters if it's on paper yeah. Or if it's like a physical thing or it's an experience, I think it's a problem you solve. And I really don't believe in these kind of like borders. Um, and I think I, it, that impacts kind of how I think about how I hire as well, because I wouldn't necessarily like, for instance, if it's a UI project, obviously there's specific skills you look for. But, um, you know, I've hired people who weren't necessarily digital designers I think uh, just being creative is important yeah, and kind of hyper-safe. so I just really don't I don't know I've had people I've had like recruiters say no you really need to focus on one thing and I've just completely ignored it I mean design and creativity is just around thinking and solving problems and that's like the fun of it it doesn't matter like what the format is and all you need to know are kind of the basic rules absolutely yeah. and then it just you know the rest is like stuff you know so yeah. I don't know to me it's really simple but I guess no, I'm really so <laughs> no, I love your explanation. I think. Me too. I wish more people thought like that. Yeah, me too. So you're obviously now design director at Wonderman Thompson. Yes. Well, director of design, head so, of design. There we go. We've had a little with the title. I think when when the job spec went out, they sent me two job specs with two different titles. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone back and forth. So it was director of design, but I think then people got really confused about design director. So. Decided on head of design. <laughs> so that is now my title. Okay, amazing. So, yeah. Head of design. That's fantastic. So what does a what does a day entail for you? What what are you responsible for as head of design? We were talking earlier. I think leadership probably means different things maybe to me than other other people. But obviously the I'm I'm accountable for the design output um, of my team. Um, but I'm also really accountable for my team and it's something I take really seriously. Like I really want as, as a leader, I feel that I want to make really, um, I want to empower the next sort of generation of leaders. I want to make positive leaders and um, help people grow. And that's, that's kind of part of my ethos. So I do put a lot of time into um, people here, um, which I think is really important. And the, the business really supports that. Um, but also, you know, day to day, working across different clients and firefighting and <laughs> oh yeah you have yeah. to be the number one firefighter yeah, was, yeah. there's a lot of firefighting and um you know it's a really big team I think um, how many God, people is it just in design I mean we I think we have an enormous creative team yeah, Cre yeah. creative you know um in general hundred and creative or something wow, like that um but with design I think that perm perm people we've probably got about 24 but then we've got freelance and it, it grows and flexes with yeah that. so um yeah keeps me busy <laughs> <laughs> that's good do you spend um obviously you you nurture more your perm staff but do you also find you nurture your freelance staff as well if they've worked for you for a while or with with freelance, it's about kind of connecting with the people that you work with, mm. um, and we've had some great freelancers that we've had, and you know who who come in and then come back, um, and that's really important. Sometimes I think now that the team's bigger, unfortunately, I think one of the things I've realized, which I kind of feel 
regret over is that I can't connect with everybody. Um, I think when you have a smaller team, you're able to do that. Um, and people are always like, oh, you're so busy. And I hate, I hate when people say that. I, I would rather, um, you know, be able to take the time with people. It's one of the things this year when I kind of was reflecting at the end of last year, I was like, this year I really need to make sure I have the time to connect with people. Um, whether it just be like a coffee with somebody or, or whatever. I think, um, yeah, you know, obviously it's one of the perks of being perm, um, you know, that you, I think, get a little bit more in investment in you. But I think freelance, you know, you get to kind of choose, you get to kind of make a different path for yourself in your career. Um, and there's benefits to both. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when a, a freelancer is wanting to, get hired by you um, or even just a poem staff and they're sending you your portf their portfolio mm. what's the best format that you like to receive portfolios in I don't, to, to be honest with you it doesn't really matter yeah. um, I mean people have all different types of formats with portfolios I think the thing for me it's it's I look for different things in freelance than I look for with perm staff I think with freelance there's normally a reason like a specific project that we might have or a specific um, flavor of, of designer we need or something like that. So I think, you know, it might be a UI project, for instance, and I, I really need somebody specific. Um, so it's probably a little bit different in terms of what I look for in the portfolios. Format really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I think as long as you, I would say it's definitely sort of quality over quantity. Yeah, well, that's just going to be the other thing. So yeah. like, you know, how many pieces do you put in? You should always put in your best work. Um, and it's funny, when, when you interview people and you ask them, you pick out a particular project, and they're like, oh, well, I didn't really like that one. And she's like, why don't you put it in your profile? Yeah. <laughs> like, why do you put that in? Um, so true. Everyone's yeah, just so, <laughs> so self-deprecating. Like, oh, it's honestly. a big name, so I just thought I'd put it in. I think if you don't like the project, don't put it in your your book um because it'll always be the one that people pick out and ask you about classic um so yeah I think also with freelance you know because they're I think you should do the research on the agency or company that you're looking at and see what they do and tailor your portfolio to that um, and for that reason I know when I was freelance I would kind of look at the company and see what they did and I would actually tailor my portfolio to that work. Mm -hmm. So I would send a PDF that was tailored with just a couple projects in it and send that rather than, you know, and it's like, oh, if you want more, you can look at my website. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because really, I know, I mean, you know, I, I do it too. You pour your heart and soul into your portfolio. Oh, yeah, blood, sweat, and tears. You agonize over it and you feel like the person who looks at it is going to, you know, do the same. And, and I wish I could say that we've got all the time in the world to do it. Unfortunately, it's it's hard. Sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, my God, we need somebody tomorrow <laughs> to yeah. do this. And you're looking through like five portfolios. And um, it's really, you know, I, I think if, if you've got, you know, five projects that you know kind of suit that agency, there's no harm in just pulling those out, um, presenting them in some format that is really um, you know simple to kind of go through and then saying I've got more work you can check out this yeah. link I think that's really good because it, it will it will kind of 
catch you'll you'll catch the eye of whoever is is yeah. looking at it um rather than just it's more it's more personal yeah absolutely um, and it's not like a, it's not gimmicky it's yeah. just shows that you are being considered and that you you've done your research and you you understand the business of the place that you're applying to yeah 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 you've um, done the research which really shows when you're looking at at somebody's work and when they kind of putting their pieces together in terms of description, because I mean, you don't have a lot of time no. to look at these. So how much of a description and what is like vital if you're looking at a piece, I mean, with a design eye, you can already see, but mm. um, what part of the description really helps? I think um, it's really important to, it, when, you, when you look at a piece of work in somebody's portfolio, I think that, you know, what I'm always aware of is that that's usually done in a team. You know, it's not just you. And it's really helpful to understand quite clearly the role that you played in that work. And it's okay to be honest about it because everybody knows you don't, I mean, unless it's a really personal project that just you've done and there's nothing wrong with putting personal work in a portfolio from from my perspective. I think it's really helpful to know what your role was. I worked, you know, I was the art director on this. I was the designer. Um, I worked with this person, this person, this person. Um, I think it's really, really helpful to point that out up front. Um, and then like a one or two liner mm. on what the project was. And then you can have more of a description. But I think you need to think about it, you know, from a time perspective, from the person looking at it, you just want to get across what the project was, the client, your role, and a brief description of what it was. You know, this was um, a print piece that we did. It was, you know, big budget, it was small budget. Um, you know, I had two weeks. It was, you know, intense, whatever. I think those type of, of sort of descriptions are really helpful. If you present somebody with an eight-page <laughs> <laughs> description, they're never going to read it. Writing a novel. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but if you have it and you're really passionate about the project and somebody's, you know, they're like, oh, what's this? And they, they've read your kind of one or two lines and they want more information. It's there. So you've got the best of both worlds. Yeah. But I think from a time perspective, just having like really clear what your role was, um, a little bit, tiny, you know, a couple of lines about the project. And then if there's more, if there's more you want to say, fine, but don't like jumble it all into yeah, one no. massive <laughs> And you touched on it just now about personal work. Mm. Um, You know, does that excite you when you do see personal work in in a portfolio or, or, you know, how much is it good or is it more important to show, you know, agency work? What's the kind of like weighing up of putting personal in? I think, uh, you know, everybody knows when you work on a project for a client or an agency, there's always going to be, for me, I think the interesting things, I want to see how somebody thinks. Mm. You're hiring somebody for their skills in, in thinking, being creative, and sometimes not always the best idea or the idea that you believe in wins. And a lot of times in interviews, I'll ask people like, was this the idea that you were really rooting for? You know, sometimes I want to see the ideas that didn't win. Yeah. And if, if, you know, if, if there was a project you're really proud of or if there was something you thought, you know what, I really preferred this idea, it doesn't hurt putting that in, even if it didn't, even if it wasn't the one that was chosen in the end, it shows your thinking. And I think that's really important. So, you know, if there's personal work that um, helps show like you, you know, what you do, you, you love illustrating 
um, you know, and it's it's like the way that you kind of express yourself. That's great. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. We probably wouldn't make it like the, you know, front piece of 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 your sure. your portfolio, perhaps depending on what you're applying for. But I think you know we're in the business of really we're it's people to people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think the most important thing when you know looking at taking on freelancers it's it's a person right and you you want some you want a human (laughs) it doesn't matter shape or size or gender or anything it's just you want you want a person and um you know personal work sometimes is a nice way of showing you yeah i was listening to a podcast actually earlier today where they were talking about the technology and how it's helping us with time management and all these things but and taking away parts of our jobs, which is mm. freeing us up more on sort of time. But what will never get lost is creativity. Yeah. And it is one of the best times right now to be creative. Yeah. Because that's one thing a machine can't take away. Yeah. yeah. There's a website called How Safe Is My Job. Oh, yeah. I've heard about this. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Honestly, design, art direction, copywriting, you're right, right up, up there. there. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, and sometimes, you know, I've looked at portfolios for designers and then I've kind of looked at their illustration stuff and had them in for illustration. Like you yeah. never know, but you know, if it's a passion of yours, like exactly. why not? Like if, if you've, you've gotten the door as a designer and um, you know, you've had a good working relationship with, with the, the agency and they think, Oh yeah, you know, Brittany, she's also an amazing illustrator. Like we'll bring her back in, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, it might get you more work. Totally. What creative portfolio has stood out to you? Is there any standouts that you've you've kind of had ever? Oh gosh, ever. Could be for full time as well. Like if someone's applied to you for full time work with a Hmm. really outstanding one. We spoke to someone the other day whose partner had just put together in this digital age, put together like a printed portfolio that was really tailored to like the 10 agencies he really wanted to work for. Right. Yeah. So I think, but I think that's the tailoring. I think if somebody takes the time, I've had, I've interviewed perm people that have come in for a permanent role and said, why do you want to work here? <laughs> and they've gone, oh, I don't, you know, I don't really know. I don't know what you guys do. It's like, like what? what? <laughs> like, you don't want to work here. Like, like you should at least research. I think, yeah. And I think with freelance, like I said, the thing that sets you apart is if you're applying to, it, you tailor something, it shows that you really want to work there. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that sets people apart. Yeah. I think if it's a blanket portfolio, and it's just like, here's my link, you know, you're going to get the same response. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah. I'll look at your link, you know, here's your work, whatever. Um, but if you show, for me, it's more about the investment and showing that you are passionate about the, the company or the work they do. Um, that, I think, is better conveyed when you put in a little bit of the effort to kind of yeah. tailor something to them. Yeah. Um, and it can get you more work with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You cared. Yeah. Um, and social media links, do you look at any of those? Is that something that it matters in, in hiring someone? Looking at Instagram, yeah. Facebook? I, do you know what? I, I was going to say I don't look at them. I have on occasion. Um, and I think you need to be careful with those sorts of things. I think I, the, the only occasion when I've ever looked at somebody's social channels was for copywriters um because i think for copy how you express yourself like on twitter for instance is kind of part of who you are absolutely (laughs) um so you know 
it might make sense to be like, you know, I'm really active on Twitter and here's what I write, or, you know, um, I've got a blog and I write about this, you know, that's really important. Um, but in general, I don't tend to look at them. Again, I think it just depends on how much time, like I said, sometimes you don't have a lot of time. And I wish I could say like, I pour, you know, hours over people's portfolios. But I think portfolio is really about getting you in the door. Yeah. And in terms of like a website versus like a portfolio site. Mm. So, you know, you've, you've someone's tailored their portfolio to you. They've sent you kind of like a PDF and then they say, there's more on my website. Mm. Would you... Would you say, well, does it, does it matter of being a website that they've created and made or a portfolio site like Behance or The Dots? I don't think, I guess it depends. Like if you are, if you, if you are like um, a, a UI designer, mm-hmm. for instance, and you can also code, then I think having your own website that shows that is really important. But I think as a creative or a copywriter, like, what I'm not looking for is gimmicks. And I think some, there's a site, I'm not going to mention it in particular, like a site, but that I think is so gimmicky. And whenever I get them through, I'm like, no, people <laughs> do this to themselves. Um, you know, that I like cringe, <laughs> I cringe over. But I think it's just about showcasing your work. And so whether that's on Behance or your own website or like the dots, I don't think it matters. And actually, to be honest with you, this has happened to me. And I recently I had a freelancer email me and say somebody hacked his website <gasps> and he lost everything. Um, it happened to me when like my like uh, I like host um, the place that hosts my website, like changed something. And like one day I went to my website, I was like, why is everything wrong? Oh, no. um, I think sometimes it helps to kind of have a few yeah, <laughs> yeah. just like, in case just in case because <laughs> you never know um you know in places like the dots i'm a huge fan of the dots but i think the dots is great because there's also a community around it yeah yeah and you know they do like portfolio days and and you can meet other people and so you know there's there's advantages to that as well um you know they connect you with other people and you don't you don't get that from just a website and i think yeah. as a freelancer that's super helpful so i think you know there's definite advantages to to those kind of portfolio sites or or networks yeah um it's never a bad thing to kind of have more than one i would say Definitely. yeah you went to one of the dots uh, portfolio yeah i went to two actually two oh. portfolio mm. nights with the dots and it was so so helpful and i met so many people yeah. through that and just like how Brittany had met you at one of those nights with ladies line design I'd made so many connections and it kind of like kick-started my freelance career. Yeah. Um, and they were so um, nurturing. Mm. The actual, the dots, the people who I was dealing with um, whenever I got invited because you had to like submit your work and get yeah. invited. Uh, and I just, I yeah, love that about yeah. them. They really helped so much. Yeah. I've done portfolio reviews with the dots and I remember, I've remembered, there's been people I've remembered and every now and again they get in contact and they're like, oh, look, I did this. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just, I think things like that, they're communities and yeah. networks and those are really helpful. Um, so, you know, I think it's, I think it's well worth yeah. the, the time investment. If you are in any way nervous about interviewing, I know there's a lot of people that get nervous about talking people through their portfolios, mm. which is an absolute necessity. You have to be able to talk people through your work. One of those portfolio evenings is great yeah. because there's like no pressure on you actually. Nothing is going to really come of it at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to make great contacts and stuff, but you're going to practice talking about your work. Yeah. It's always good to practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think have somebody just like, you know, to validate. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, 
I think, you know, I've done this, like, what do you think? And, yeah. and they'll, you know, they're there to sort of tell you. And I think that's really healthy. Definitely. So this is so healthy because we get sometimes in our heads um, about, you know, when we can't get work and we don't get work and we think to ourselves, we're terrible. No one likes our work. It's awful. And then you go to one of these nights and you have all this really great positive feedback. I have to say something. Harriet went to a portfolio evening with Stefan Sagmeister (gasps) and he gave him some interesting feedback. I went to um, like my idol. My idol, yeah. <laughs> I was in New York actually, and uh, I've I've been following Stefan and Jessica Walsh for like years, yeah. and I know they do like a salon night at mm. their studio when it was uh, Sagmeister and Walsh, and I applied, and I was like, I'm coming out. I was coming on a big five month trip, and I was going to be in New York for a month, and. I really, really just wanted to meet them and show them my work and hopefully get my foot in the door. And I got accepted as like one of three people and it was really good. And it was, yeah, it was really terrifying. (laughs) I was so nervous. It was also so hot in New York and I couldn't stop sweating. Um, But I went and he was, he is a very good constructive criticism like he gives constructive criticism and two of the things he said was I needed to play more and work on my colors wow basically it's very specific yeah he was like you can play more uh he was very positive and like this is good but you can be great in playing more get Mm. more free with just how you mess with type and everything and your color is like look one of the great things he says find things in real everyday life like even this room and you see the coloring that you're like oh I quite like this mm. the way these colors work together he's like take photographs and then when you're designing you can always pick it out of the photographs oh, nice. yeah and so I was like oh he's like, he's like always have reference when you're in the world of the colors that you like together yeah and that aesthetically pleasing and then that's how you'll better be putting colors together in your designs. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my God, I would have been too nervous. To I get know, me too. I just, just I take my hat off to you. It was terrible. That's amazing. You're brave. Uh, but I was like, oh, I should really be doing that in my colors. <laughs> but it was great. And I learned so much. And I never, I've always applied for a job there. I've never got it. It's fine. But I, I got that one part and it was, it was great to have that. <laughs> so that's on portfolios. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. Oh, I should wow. probably put that in my like write up when I apply for jobs and be like, Stephen Sagmeister's reviewed oh, my portfolio. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I hope it's better now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was also so silly. I I um, designed and created this book once when uh, when I worked at Saatchi and Saatchi, and I it was one of my proudest pieces I've ever worked on, and I brought one a copy for him, and I'd like written it and signed it, and I was like, I was like, I want to give you this, and he was like, Oh, thanks. Oh, and, like, no. and I just, I'm like, he's probably never looked at it. Oh, it was very cute. It was called The Lazy Man's Guide to Saving the World. And it was all like made out of things I found around my house. And we made it for a, a brand that I worked on in South Africa. And I was like, for you. Oh, God. I've done that. When I when I first came over here, well, I, I had tried to come over previously when I was working in New York. And I just always wanted to be in London because a lot of the agencies the design agencies that I really liked were in London and there was one in particular called Designers Republic um, which Ian Anderson was the founder and I was like right so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to London and I'm going to like make this thing and I'm going to send it to Ian he's going to love it 
it's gonna like hire me on the spot yeah. whatever anyway so I did like um I did my portfolio in a Pantone book and oh, like bound, bound cool. it and everything and like sent it and I never heard anything and I was no. heartbroken oh and then about Three years ago, I mean, this is, must be like 15 years later, I was at a thing and he was speaking and he was there and I was like, oh my God, it's humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and I went up to him and I was like, hi, um, how are you? I'm a designer. Like, I so wanted to work at Designers Republic. This and that, I love your work. And he was like, oh, cool. Yeah, he's like, oh, cool. Yeah, you can just pop by the office. I still got like all the old stuff and blah, blah, blah. He gave me his card. And I was like, oh my oh God. My God. <laughs> like, I've got direct you? contact. I literally was like, why didn't you call me? Like, why didn't you call me at the time? But yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I guess it's brilliant. That gets us to a point of like, then. Physical versus um, digital <laughs> yeah. portfolio. Then, what do you think's better? Do people, yeah, do people still give you physical portfolios? Do you know what? I haven't had one, and in, in, I'm trying to think. I, the only time anybody's ever sent me like a physical thing, it was super gimmicky. Okay. And it was a copywriter who sent me a pair of socks with like a thing on it, and. And she had spelt something wrong. No, <laughs> no. And I was like, oh no, why would you do that? Um, I don't, I guess, you know, I think, I think, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's about getting your foot in the door. And as long as you're happy to part with it, yes. <laughs> yeah. you know, if it's like a physical book that you've made and you've poured your heart into it and you're, you're happy to sort of let that go. Your beautiful uh, Pantone book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, then I, I guess it's okay. I think I haven't really received, apart from that, I haven't ever received like a physical portfolio. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't say that it would probably be any better than, you know, something more bespoke, like I said, that mm. sort of speaks to the work that we do. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't... I don't know. I guess it's it's down to you. If that's something that you really want to do, then I don't see a problem with it. But yeah. I haven't really received many. So anybody out there like to send you a physical? Yeah, well, please do. <laughs> Make it bespoke. Yeah. Um, so when portfolios land up in front of you, mm. how have they come to be there? Do you let a resource manager know that you need extra help? And then they give you a couple of portfolios to look at? Or? Yeah, normally. Yeah. I mean, it's different every place I've been. But here, yeah, um, we've got some really good resource managers. And yeah. um, they tend to be always in contact with people. Sometimes they get approached on LinkedIn. Um, sometimes um, designers, you know, just approach me and they'll send me stuff. And I will always look at it. Now that I've said that, people Inundated. No, messages. yeah, but I do, I do, because if someone takes the time, like, you know, I'm a person, they're a person, like, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I will I will look at stuff. Um, you know, with freelance sometimes it's just about like the particular mm. project we have and the particular need we have at the time. So sometimes it's just about timing. Yeah. But yeah, typically, um, you know, there's definitely been people that have approached me directly and I've I've kind of kept their portfolios or um, someone will say, oh, my friend is really good and, you know, recommendations. Um, yeah, a lot of times people come through our resourcing, um, which which is great. And I'll, I'll get sent a few, like, what do you think of these these people? Yeah. So there's all different ways. Um, yeah. 
What, is there anything that you wish the creators knew before they sent a portfolio to you? Oh, do you know, I've seen so many portfolios where people just don't proofread them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't be guilty of that. Why do people do <laughs> yeah, that? Like, why? I it's don't, spell check. It I doesn't understand. you. <laughs> it drives me mad as well. Just get like a mate to look at it or, you know, yeah. anybody. I think, oh, it's so hard. I, and it's, I do think, you know, not everybody is English isn't their first language, for instance. Sure. And I would never hold that against somebody. I understand. In that case, I understand. And, you know, that's okay. I'm not going to not hire somebody who, um, you know, English isn't their first native language. And, you know, they've, they've made a good effort. But, I mean, come on. If you're, like, born yeah. in the UK and you speak <laughs> English and, you know, like, proofread it, you know. Yes, please. <laughs> it's, please. Just, it's just that's always a no. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. So, yeah. Totally. It's so simple. It is. A lot of designers are dyslexic. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a very common thing. And so I'm not expecting a designer to be, you know, have the perfect grammar or whatever. And I understand that there are people, you know, who who have, you know, like challenges with like things like dyslexia. That's okay. But still just getting a friend to look it over or like spell check, like you Mm -hmm. said, um, I think is really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it just shows that you take that extra time, don't mm. you? You you were willing to put that time in to double check things, yeah. which shows the kind of worker that you are. And also because you're going to be producing work. And exactly. it's really important to show that you have taken that care and the work that you produce for that company. Exactly. So it's just, it's so important. <laughs> So I was going to ask you what a pet peeve of yours is with portfolios, but spelling is one of them. Are there any like, are there any fonts or colors or weird layout things that you're, you're, you've seen loads of and are sick of or like, I know, I wonder if you ever get fatigued, like (laughs) so much fatigued. Oh God. I could probably go on a rant about UI design, but I think, um, it's, I think UI is so hard and I say this with passion because I I you know am one I've been there um I think UI designers tend to go on trends um best practice trends like flat UI yeah. this UI you know and so you've seen one portfolio they all look the same you've seen the ads in the tubes it doesn't matter yeah. if it's like an insurance company or like a wellness thing or whatever they all look the same yeah and it is you're making it impossible to stand out mm. when you're faced with that and I'm not looking for somebody who can copy a trend and this is definitely my probably biggest pet peeve mm. this is great I do not want someone who can copy a trend what I want is somebody who can think and show me that they can think and so you know it might be that that's the type of project work that you you've done but I, what I want what I want to see and I think what the industry needs more of is independent thinkers who can understand the brand's personality and how to design for that, not for a trend. I understand there's accessibility, which is super important, and best practices and how people use things, and you know, and CX practices. Those are all really important, but to stand out online and to stand out as a designer when you're designing for online, it's super important to just show that you have an understanding of a brand and can design for that brand so as a massive pet peeve of mine. Yeah. You see so many just portfolios that just look the same. It's the same style. That's, you know, it's just, it's, you're not going to stand out. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with that. 
Do you have any success stories of people that reached out to you and sent you their portfolio and you either hired them or helped them get other work or anything like that? I think you're one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Yeah, Which has been an amazing discovery. <laughs> yeah, thank um, you. Yeah. Um, I think um, most of the people for perm stuff, I probably either we've recruited or have come through um, some sort of um, talent team recruitment or, or something. Um, I have had people reach out to me, like I said, on LinkedIn and I have seen, um, like I said, I've been doing a lot of like portfolio reviews and things like that because I just want to go out and I think, um, I don't, I don't get as many like females. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, yeah. fine, I'll go out and find them. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll find you. Yeah. Um, Detective, I've got my magnifier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, for me, it's really important. Um, so, yeah, I think um, it does. I think it never hurts to reach out. And I think, um, you know, it might not happen then right away. I think we met. Yeah. And probably a little bit. I think you then no. reached out to me once yeah. again. You're like, hey, and I was like, oh yeah, Brittany. Oh, she'd be great for this project. Like it just happened to be yeah. like timing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, so you know, it never helps to or, sorry, it never hurts to reach out. Um, and you know, it might not be the first time, but you might be in somebody's head and the timing's right. Exactly. You never know. To end things off, is there one final piece of advice that you can give creatives? who are trying to get their portfolio noticed by you and cut through the clutter of the rest of <laughs> the rest of the portfolios from people who are also trying to get their portfolios noticed by you. <laughs> it's hard. I think it's, you know, freelance is is it can be hard because you are your new business person, you are your promotion, per, you know, you're, yeah. you're a marketer, you you're a designer, you know, you're, you're, an a, accountant. you're an accountant, yeah, which is definitely the downside. Yeah. Um and I think, you know, it, it's hard because you really have to kind of constantly be like putting yourself out there and making connections. And if you don't like doing that, it's a really hard place to be. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but like I said, I think for me, it's just if you can demonstrate that you've put a little bit of effort into understanding the agency or the person that you're applying to, that's to me what, what gets you noticed. It's, it's that you've personalized something a little bit. Um, it's not just like an email with just here's the link to my website or, or whatever. It's just going that little extra step. It's not not necessarily like a whole book, no, <laughs> handcrafted book. Um, you know, I don't. It's I think sometimes people are like I'm not looking for gimmicks or anything. It's just really just be confident in you. And like I said, you know, it's a human talking to another human, um, and you know making that connection somehow i think showing interest is is really important and that's it really thank you so much for chatting with us this has I been an incredible thanks for chatting with me it really really has been i like got a bit teary because i'm just like this is exactly what people need to know i was getting emotional because i'm like this is this is so good i'm so glad we're doing this because i feel like this is what people need to know yeah i'm like i wish i knew some of this stuff when i decided to you know be a creative or just go into freelancing and it's just oh, yeah. Been, yeah thank you I applaud you ladies for doing this because I agree I think it's really hard and and you know I think about the things like I said I have had a squiggly career <laughs> but yeah, I just you learn by sort of trying and failing and then trying something else and I think you know things like this are really 
really great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah gonna... where can we find you? Um, <laughs> Nowhere. No, I'm Wonderman Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Greater London House. Um, Instagram. But, yeah, Instagram or LinkedIn or who we get hold yeah. of. Yeah, well, so I'm on I'm on Twitter. I think probably mostly Twitter is kind of more where I tweet about like industry stuff, which is oh. at Lisa Campana. Um, I am on Instagram, but Instagram's more like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's it's more. I am a massive street art fanatic. Like, oh, cool. so my whole Instagram account. You're very welcome to check it out. Yes. It's just following street art. I, I basically every place I go, I kind of go off the beaten path, and I end up in like the dodgiest areas ever. <laughs> trying to find like something I've seen I'm like oh I need to find that like street artist and I know they're like in some alley somewhere (laughs) so um that's my Instagram's at l underscore campana um but yeah it's just a mishmash of like street art but that's just something I I enjoy it's not yeah so So who's your favorite street artist I go through like little fascination fascinations with people I think um, I've got loads. There's an artist called Stick. Stick. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know. If, if you saw his work, it's all around like shortage and, and Southeast London. The, the little bodies. stick man. Yes, yeah, I love that. He's got stuff everywhere, and I have like loads. I've, I've literally gone out of my way to like just take a shot of his stuff. But I mean, there's new people all the time, and sometimes I come across like you'll you'll see something, and you'll be like, oh, that's unique, and then you'll see it's somewhere else and you'll think that must be the same person and then you get on this little like I have to find out who this person is exactly (laughs) you just like starts you know snapping away and there's people that I would love to know who they are and I still don't um but yeah that's just sort of my thing oh I love that that. I think that's amazing (laughs) I've been on a a street art tour in East London and it was so fascinating have you seen that guy who does these little paintings on the chewing gum and like on the floor oh yeah yeah that's crazy you can actually see it all the way on the bridge by the Tate yeah well that's the thing I think street art so I I think it's probably the New Yorker in me yeah but also I just love it when there's like humor in it where someone's just like seeing like a like a, a water pipe yeah. <laughs> they've made it into an elephant or something exactly. and nobody people walk by that like a thousand yeah. million times a day and nobody's ever noticed it but those are the things I don't text on my phone when I'm walking down the street like I'm literally looking around and I just I love that kind of inside thing where you're like I've noticed that but nobody yeah. else has and you, you take a snap or you know they're temporary they're not there for very long and so exactly. you might catch something that nobody's seen and um for me I just I just really like noticing things so that's probably where it comes from it's your design yeah. eye and you yeah exactly <laughs> observing it's inspiration for me yeah. I think you know you don't get inspiration I, I really don't love getting inspiration from other people's stuff yeah. yeah I really like getting inspiration from just like taking a walk or you know something you've read or you know just snippets from I think you just have to look up I think we get so buried in our phones yes. and, yeah, and stuff sometimes everyone on the tube is like what should I know it was dire I was like, I'm coming to London and changing the way that people sit on the tube. (laughs) And my friend was like, that will die very quickly. Yeah, I don't know. Two weeks later, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So at the end of every episode, we do a little thing called (laughs) you win some or you dim some. And it's basically you win some, it was a high of the week and a dim some is a low of the week. You can have both, you can have one, you can have none. (laughs) 
I always like start on the dim sum because it's always good to have a negi and then a positive. Mm. But on my dim sum is mainly just because I'm feeling a bit lonely because I'm I haven't been working this month. I still haven't had a, a gig yet, and so I am super productive, which is the kind of the win sum. I'm doing mm. so much during my day. I'm kicking off this podcast and editing, and um, I'm doing a couple of little like odd design jobs. But I just get a little bit lonely, like at home. Then the thing that is like, I'm like, oh, I, I need to go downstairs to my coffee shop. So I, get, I feel like I'm part of like society and that I have community. Otherwise, I just sit at home and it can be like an entire day and not have left the house. And it can get a bit like, oh. Oh God. so on the wind sum, it's going downstairs to my coffee shop. And then I feel like I'm part of a community. I met up actually with a friend who's just gone freelancing and she was going through a really, really bad rut in her head of like doubt and we met up for a coffee and she and I just let all of our emotions out and it was like so cathartic and I felt great afterwards and I was like, ah, oh, that's my win sound. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you just need to meet up with some other freelancers. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Right. Um, my dim sum for this week uh, is that I've been struggling to balance things. So I've been doing that bad thing of waking up in the morning and going straight into my emails mm. and sort of just like, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of planning a wedding and then doing this wow. podcast, I know, I'm getting married in a month. Congrats. I know, thank you. Um, it's a lot though, you know, yeah. My and I have a wedding planner who's helping me, but you know, you still get sent 15 pages of napkins and you've got to choose from them. It's, it's so ridiculous. And also you've really got like stressful. two families. Yeah, I've got a lot of family oh, coming right. over okay, for us. I'm coordinating yeah. holidays and things and they're in, on the other side of the world. So when we're asleep, they're awake and there's always messages to wake up to and then freelancing as well and I've been working like some late hours and things but so I'm struggling a little bit with balance and I need to set some boundaries up for myself but I on the flip side working late is also my um win sum this week because I finally charged overtime which I don't normally do and I haven't done before (laughs) freelancing and this is the first time I've done it and I I was like you're going to start this year and you're going to charge the time that you work and it's fine. Nothing happened. Yeah, well, it's the same. What happens? Something going to happen. They'd be like, okay, well, don't come back next week or something. But they weren't. They were like, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great. But that's good. I think you need to stand up for yourself yeah. as, a, as a freelancer. That's really important. Yeah. So, Lisa, what are your winsome? Oh, what dim sum is my, it? I think my dim sum is the weather we were talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Finest time of year. Oh, it's like it's start of the year. It's so that's dark. why we flying off to South Africa soon. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, <laughs> it's so dark. Um, yeah, but my winsome. Um, I think um, I get really passionate about certain things, <laughs> and um, a project that I fought for really hard internally to do is finally sort of coming to an end, and that's just so nice. Wow. And the, like the team have enjoyed working on it. Like it's that things like that. I think are really nice. So it's been a good start to the year so that's definitely my my winsome amazing that's so, so exciting good. well thank you so much for for having us <laughs> thank and, you yeah um yeah you're our winsome as well yeah, oh, yeah, yeah you girls too you girls too thanks <laughs> it's been the highlight of my week for sure <laughs> thank you thanks for listening don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show Follow us on Instagram at That Freelance Life Podcast and DM us if there's any topics you'd like us to cover or if you've got a question to ask. If you'd like to hire us as a creative team, drop us a line. We're at thatfreelancelifepodcast at gmail.com.